Hello and welcome to In Business Talks 2. We are excited to welcome you to our bonus episode, The Friday Fix. We are your hosts, Tracy and Ian Earl, founders of In Business, a networking and business support community. And together, we, we are, are In, in business. business. Every Friday, we will be discussing a business-related subject with either one of our wonderful In Business networking members or a fellow business owner who will be sharing their advice, thoughts or knowledge on a particular topic. Oh, and make sure you listen to the end of the show to hear our guests telling us about their favourite networking tip. This week's episode is called Why It's Important to Systemise Your Business. Now it's time to welcome our special guest this week on the Friday Fix, Danielle Heward of DH Professional Solutions. Welcome, Danielle. Good to have you with us today. Hi, thanks for having welcome, me. Welcome, Danielle. Danielle, tell us a bit about what you do. So DH Professional Solutions provides business improvement services uh, to environmental and social focused uh, enterprises. So I work with the leaders of businesses uh, to help them develop their people, improve their processes, um, utilise the right technology and monitor the right information. I work with small businesses who are looking to grow, who haven't yet put in the processes and systems uh, or people development solutions that they might need to grow their business. And I also work with larger businesses who are, um, you know, a bit more established and have been going for a bit longer, perhaps, who have reached the point where they recognise that they could be doing things in a better way or perhaps something is going a bit wrong in the way that they're doing something um, and they want help identifying opportunities to improve the way that their business operates. You're going to talk to us today about systemizing your business. Um, why is that so important? So if you're a business owner, yeah, systemizing your business is um, something that you should really be looking at if you are wanting to grow your business or to scale your business up. So businesses can survive for uh, for a while as a small team um, just kind of operating in the way that they that they happen to do things but um, in order to make sure that your business is really effective and definitely to put the foundations and the kind of infrastructure in, in place to grow um, then you need to to consider what is systemizing your business which which by that I mean um, implementing really implementing really robust people process uh, technology and information solutions to make sure your business is as effective as it can be. Okay and where do people start you know how do the people start to do that how do they start to implement those things? Yeah what should the first thoughts be what what, what are your suggestions what 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 should people be thinking about if they're looking to do this? So my suggestion would be to start by looking at processes so how things are done in your business. Um, firstly, probably from an overall point of view, but then starting to kind of dive a bit deeper into some of the detail around literally how things are done and, and what systems are used and the step-by-step actions that are taken to uh, to complete an activity within the business. Um, so processes are the first place I would start. Um, and you probably want to start by just documenting very simply to begin with how you how you do something so like I say the steps that you take to to carry out something in the business so can you give an example of that how would you an example of a 
a, a basic document that you could complete yeah. that what sort of information would you need to put on that document just to give us an yeah. idea so you can um you can map out your processes in diagram form which some people find helpful so you would literally put uh, a box that says what's you know what step one is and then your next box would be whatever the step is that you do next um, you have to bear in mind that some steps in the process might actually be a decision point uh, and that you know one of two or three things could happen from that point so in terms of actually creating those diagrams you, you need to probably make sure that you've got different symbols or different shapes to kind of um, identify what those different types of activities are um, but you should also think about who does each of those steps, so which roles are involved and where systems are used as well, to consider where your start and end points are. So when you're doing that, you might want to look at it from either a customer value or a customer outcomes point of view to help you figure out which processes you're going to look at in which order. Um, so you could do, right. you could have a, a customer sign-up process and you could have a booking customer appointments process or you could have a process that looks at you know how to actually deliver whatever the services that you provide to the customer and each one of those would probably be a separate process map uh, and then you might have a kind of a procedure manual that goes alongside it that kind of describes what each of those steps are in in words as well as the diagram so is, is it could you also do i mean um thinking about there are different processes i suppose for different areas when you run your business there's things like the marketing process isn't yeah. there all the marketing functions you would need all the the sales process and the actual productivity pro all the whatever all these things are is there a good place to start what what would be the very first thing you would focus on yeah usually I'd, I'd say the operation so whatever the main function or the main service or the main kind of product that you that you um, produce I would start there usually um, but then, like you say, there are there are then usually kind of sales and marketing or HR or finance processes that are kind of bolt ons, if you like, um, and, and can be quite standardized or, you know, can be quite generic depending on uh, what the what the business is. Um, but it's definitely worth starting with the operation and whatever the thing is that you do that makes you different. That's that's where you, you would probably start. Right. And what, in your experience, are the the sort of the biggest um, pitfalls then that people fall into? What are some of the traps when you're going to see a business? What are some of the traps that you found that people have fallen into? It depends what stage the business is at. If it's if this is the early stage that we're kind of talking about now, where you haven't yet got your doc, your processes documented at all, um, then it can be that you are perhaps doing things in a, a less effective or, or efficient way than you could be. Um, and you just maybe haven't spotted where those opportunities are to improve because you just haven't got anything written down. Some of the other risks, obviously, you know, if there are single points of um, contact in terms of a single person that's doing something, if that person, you know, God forbid anything happens to them, then who's going to know what's in their head and how to do whatever it is that they're doing. So, um, right. you know, it is, it's, something that can be quite overwhelming for people and they think that you know documenting all of these processes is going to take um is going to take a long time and it's something that gets pushed to the bottom of the to-do list for quite a while um but it's definitely worth doing i think always just pick somewhere to start and like i say if you start with whatever the thing is that you're doing that is the main kind of bulk of what you do in your business then that's as good a place as any to to start i'd say yeah 
And I suppose doing these things as well can highlight once you start thinking about it more and actually writing the process down. Maybe you can, do you find people spot things in there that shouldn't be in there or hang on, why are we doing this? Or what sort of things does it bring out? Yeah, exactly that. So once you've got something written down and even the process of actually writing it down and going, right, what happens next? What happens next? What do we do there? You, You automatically start to go, well, why do we do that before that? That doesn't make any sense. Or Oh, we've realised that actually all of these things, you know, all roads lead to this one person and it creates a bottleneck. Or you might go, well, actually, we're doing this here, but that also happens over here. So you, once you've got them written down, then you can look for the potentials to improve. So that, like I say, is either duplication, bottlenecks, things that are just getting in the way altogether, you know, complete blockers. Um, and you just you hadn't, you hadn't realised until you'd kind of got it in black and white in front of you. And I guess that once it's written down, that's that's not it, is it? It's not written down forever. It's going to be a bit of an evolving process that maybe in six months or 12 months time you're going to look back at that and think oh we're starting to do that differently now yeah so once you've got everything documented the immediate next step then is making sure that that's actually how everybody's doing it and it's not just a case of kind of giving them a diagram and giving them a procedure manual and saying follow this but it has to become the way that that process is done without almost without thinking about it really it kind of becomes the way that we do things if you like um so whether that is user manuals and and diagrams but actually more often you know people tend to learn um better perhaps through through videos or you know training sessions or you know you can't necessarily expect to give somebody a process map and go this is how you do it and for that to for that to work so you kind of use them as the basis for uh, your training material, um, where you might want to build in quality assurance. So you, you might have realised that there's a part in the process where things are a bit higher risk of going wrong or um, or whatever it is. So then you could build your quality assurance processes around that as well. And then, like you say, Tracy, then comes continuous improvement. You don't just write them up and then you know put them on a shelf and leave them there. Um, the idea is that things should always be evolving for the better. Mm. I've, I've seen that in the past actually where people have gone to a lot of trouble to write a process or done processes written it that's job done put it in that binder stick it on the shelf and it's never looked at ever again it, it seems it's, it's a pointless exercise then isn't it so i have seen that before i mean people start off with good intentions but i suppose like you say it's keeping up with the the reviewing them and updating them and that sort of yeah, thing yeah and that is that is really important so with the clients that i work with i always make sure that the format if you like of whatever it is that we're producing in the first place actually works for them there's no point me producing a load of really detailed process maps if nobody is going to use them or or you know wants to try and understand them it has to be in a format that's useful to them in the first place and something that they're actually you know willing and able to kind of maintain on an ongoing basis is there a point where you when people should start thinking about this does that make sense Um, and how long do you run your business before you think oh I better put a process in place now or something. What what is the what is the driver that would make you think of it's that? It's probably a, a combination of things and and uh, you know dependent on what the business is and where they're at and what their aspirations are. But certainly, at the point that you have um, a team of people or are starting to think, maybe even before that, you know, you're starting to think about imp- you know employing people and, and building a team because actually it can help as part of. Um, recruiting and, and the onboarding and induction process as well so I think the point at which you go hang on a minute I can't do all of this I need to I need to 
automate things a little bit perhaps or you know I need a way of being able to bring somebody in to help me out um I think that's definitely one of the key drivers but like I say I've 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 met directors of companies that have ended up with um, a couple of years down the line and they've got teams of sort of six or seven people even before they start going "Hmm, maybe we should write some of this down so it just it just (laughs) depends really it's it's very subjective depending on what what you're doing and, and your management and leadership style even it can depend on all sorts of stuff but I would definitely say the sooner you do it the better really and I suppose you touched on something else there I suppose by going through this process it can help you to um automate things that you wouldn't consider you would automate previously so yeah, I suppose or streamline yeah your business yeah yeah so one of the other um key elements that i would always look at in terms of systemizing your business is technology so if if it is possible to use technology to carry out your processes you should try and um, do that as much as possible and as far as possible obviously you need to consider you know what your kind of uh, vision and strategy is for the business don't go buying technology systems just for the sake of it because you kind of that's the tail wagging the dog a bit but um you know it is definitely a good idea to look at where you might be able to use technology to build into your processes because it it frees the human beings up then to do things that are of you know better kind of human value and things that we can use our brains for rather than the you know repeatable tasks that actually could be done by by some form of technology So talking about technology, like I said, it's important to um, not just pick a system for the sake of it because everybody else is using it and you think you should be, but to really understand what your business strategy is and where technology fits into that rather than the other way around. When you're looking at choosing the right system in the first place, uh, there are some things that you can um, think about. So what's going to help you the most, what's actually going to save you the most time, what's going to create capacity, what's going to bring you the best return on investment and what will it improve the most. So you're really looking at you know, making things better. So from a quality point of view, but also making things quicker. So, you know, uh, efficiencies. Um, so you want to make sure that you're looking at implementing a system that's going to give you the best return on investment, really. And then... When you're looking at considering the final package that you're looking for in terms of a system, there are some things that you will probably want to think about ahead of having conversations with the suppliers just to make sure you're prepared for the sorts of things that they might ask you or that you're going to need to make decisions on. So things like what processes the system's going to be helping with and whether you're going to need to customise the system in any way, Um, how many people are going to use it and how. So if there are different levels of um, access within the system for example so do you need a, a manager and a, and, a, and a lower level or do you need super user or admin access um, you want to think about what your absolute maximum budget is and whether you've allowed for ongoing costs uh, and you'll also want to think about what reporting or data you might want out of the system particularly if you're going to be using it quite a lot for um, you know customer data processing etc then that's um, an extra dimension that you need to think about okay mm-hmm. and what about from from a, um, a people point of view I mean as part of the process obviously people are involved what what would you recommend what would be your top tips for sorting out the people and the processes of, of uh, handling and dealing with people yeah so um my top tip for people is to really establish what the teams and roles and responsibilities within those teams will look like. So from an overall kind of organisational structure point of view. So 
giving people clear roles and responsibilities from a business point of view, uh, it improves kind of operational performance overall, really. But you're reducing risk of duplication. You're making sure that everything gets done so nothing gets missed. It's very clear who needs to do what. Um, It can also help your capacity from the point of view that if you kind of delegate you know decision making within certain parameters then that takes away the need for people to come to you to ask answer questions all the time um and from an employee point of view it just helps to give them boundaries it it helps them understand you know what is their responsibility to do and what should somebody else be doing and it helps them understand who they need to go and ask about different things that need doing it gives them ownership and accountability and and, you know everybody knows what they're supposed to do and and what everybody else is supposed to do so you should think about what the things are that need doing in your business both now and in the future um what the volumes of each activity is uh, and what the flow of activity is as well. Um, And then write out roles and responsibilities that describe not only the tasks, but also the skills and behaviours that might be needed in order to carry out those tasks. Um, And also making sure that the reporting arrangements are clear. So you might have somebody that delegates tasks, might be somebody different to the manager that deals with what you might describe as personnel issues depending on the type of business there are different ways of doing that right right oh awesome so so it sounds like there's a lot to think about but this is something that you can help businesses with isn't it it's not it's not left to them to their own devices it's something that you can help it is yeah and i i i offer a a range of um options in terms of the level of support that i can provide so i'm in the process of developing um packages of resources which um come as a package with some of my time but from a guidance point of view to help them kind of implement whatever those solutions are um or you know right end at the other end of the scale um i can kind of you know do it all for them it's always done co- collaboratively and it will always be um you know in a way that is suitable and appropriate for them and making sure that it's something mm. that they can take take forwards um but you know yeah. I, I can kind of do as much of the the legwork for them as as they need really yeah because there's always people who think they can do it themselves isn't there and then there's people who just say nah you do it so i suppose if you've got different packages then it uh, that will appeal to different types of people yeah and I think even those that want to have a go themselves I think I this is why the the kind of more DIY resource packages I, I think uh, seem to be quite useful to people because it at least means yeah. that the methodology or the approach is there so they don't they might want yeah. to do it themselves and they you know they might be able to do it themselves or have the capacity to do it themselves but at least it you know it tells them how to do it so that's part of the headache yes. gone yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's that, that guidance, yeah. Yeah. really. So, so, so if people do want to get in touch with you, then uh, Danielle, how how do they do that? I, I assume you're on LinkedIn and those sorts of things. I and am. You have a website. Yeah, yeah, I have a website. So the website is dhprofessionalsolutions.co.uk. LinkedIn, I have personal page, so Danielle Heward, and business page, which is DH Professional Solutions, uh, and links from my website will also take you to my Instagram and, and Twitter pages as well. Lovely, because we'll put all those in the show notes anyway, if anyone wants to get in touch with you. Um, and finally, before we go, do you have a networking tip for our listeners today? 
I do, yes. So my, my tip is around listening, which might seem fairly obvious, but um, it's kind of connected actually with attempting to give advice that might not be needed or wanted. Uh, so as humans... You do that lot with me, don't you, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always get somebody, don't you? Some some smart mouth who, uh, who wants to tell you how to do things. Sorry, Daniel, carry me? on. Do you mean me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry, I like to think that it's because as humans, we inherently want to be helpful. Uh, helpful. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like to be helpful. But, yeah, but there are some that just think they know better and that you're doing it wrong and you must do it my way, but... Regardless, I've, I've been on the receiving end of advice that I didn't want or need, um, but at the expense of actually being able to explain what advice I could have used or, or might have wanted. Um, so I think it's my, my tip is just to listen and then listen some more. So don't jump in with whatever advice you think they need at the start of the conversation. Um, and I watched a, a really good TEDx video on YouTube called How to Tame Your Advice Monster. Oh, we'll have a right. look at that one. Yeah, we'll get the show, uh, the we'll link for that and we'll put it in, it in the show, show notes. notes. It was called what again? Sorry, Danielle, say again. It was how, called what? How, how to... to Tame Your Advice Monster. How to Tame Your Advice yeah, Monster. it's a guy called Michael Bungay Stania or Stania. Um, yeah, a bit of a mouthful, but it's a yeah. U- University of Nevada TEDx. Okay. Oh, we'll check that and stick it on the show notes. So stick it in the in the show notes so people can get it. Yeah. yeah, lovely. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Danielle, and uh, some great advice there and thoughts. You know, food for thought for people to yeah, to get their process tips in, in there and place. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, that. thank you so for having me. Good to have you with us. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. And uh, take thank care. you again. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. We're almost at the end of this week's show, but before we go, we're excited to tell you about our In Business Talks to episode this coming Tuesday. Our special guests on next week's podcast are Alison and Ray of Al Ray Hypnotherapy. We're really looking forward to speaking to them and digging deeper into their experiences as a business couple. Thanks so much for joining us this week on In Business Talks to Friday Fix. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, all we ask is that you simply tell a friend about the show. We'd really appreciate it. So, until next time, this is Ian and Tracy, and together we we are are in in business. business. Goodbye. Goodbye.